We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Welcome to another bonus episode. We are in the off season (laughs) as we ramp up for season 13. But in the meantime, we're still bringing you content, awesome content as always. And we appreciate you listening even during the off season. I'll confess, I am a little hungover. Julie, in case you didn't notice, we've been talking oh, for yeah. like an hour before this, and I you was trying to be normal. You didn't see you for it all. You're I'm like, I'm going to let it out now that we're recording. <laughs> I'm going to have some mental brain farts, just so you know, because I... I'm so not used to drinking, but now when I drink, I forget my limit. Like I forget when mm. I should stop and the night just kind of blends in together. And before you know it, I'm on my couch again, sleeping. 
Well, if if anyone's coming in now, we are recording this before 4th of July, but this episode will air right after. So hope you all had a happy 4th in advance to our American listeners. But sounds like you kicked off your long weekend early, UA. What were you up to? Yeah, I was just hanging out with some friends. And it started out as like, hey, do you want to just go out for a drink? I just want to get out of the house. And then a drink turned into maybe eight. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the problem. I've definitely encountered that recently too. Like I was just like at a friend's house and we're like somehow went onto like wine bottle number three and we're like, that was a mistake. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you don't know because you're just talking, you're chatting, you're exactly. having a good time. And then you want to fuel that conversation with a little, you know, happy juice. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and as you like get into it, it's like in the moment it feels great, and then the next day you're like, Ugh, "Why yeah, did I do that? Why did I do?" That's how I felt this morning. Yeah, we're both like opening that third bottle was completely unnecessary. Completely. You can- Always do a playback to the moment that you should have said no, mm-hmm. right? Even I, two I, bottles for two people is unnecessary. It's a lot. But three bottles is totally unnecessary. Don't know mm-hmm. our limits even as we're approaching 40 or in our 40s. How did, How is that happening? <laughs> I kept thinking, I like, I got this shit down, right? I do like one sip and then one sip of water. That's what I've been doing. But by the end of the night, because I was drinking tequila, I didn't oh. know what was my water, what was my... What was my actual drink? So I was just drinking whatever was clear liquid in front of me, which is probably mostly tequila. I kind of miss those days when I can think of a few memories that we had that were oh, (laughs) some of those days. The chicken hunt is coming to mind. Oh, the chicken hunt. I was just telling someone about that the other day. Telling them how San Francisco it was, you know, it's like San Francisco loves to dress up. For all our listeners, I will share this story briefly, and then we'll get into the the bulk of it. But we did this chicken hunt, and I forget how this. Wait, was it chicken run? Or catch chase the chicken chase the chicken that's what it was chase the chicken <laughs> so someone dressed up as a chicken which was the whole point of this it was like a chicken suit that someone had to wear and they basically went to a bar and the rest of us stayed back and we didn't know what bar they went to so we had to find them remember and then the first team that found them oh yeah because you had to pay everyone had to put money into the pool and the chicken mm-hmm. was like drinking by themselves. And then whatever team found them first, like got the remaining money of the pool and like got to like drink for free off of that. That was the I, prize. I personally, so my memory of this, of being <laughs> so quintessential San Francisco, because our friend Melissa was adamant that she was the chicken. Oh my God. She yes. wanted to wear the chicken <laughs> costume and she was adamant about drinking alone for a long time before people found her and i was like only in san francisco would someone be like hey i want to be the one in the chicken costume drinking alone at a bar there were so many good moments of this i remember melissa like now thinking about it and our, our other friend their trainer saw the chicken in the window oh, of the bar right. and they knew they were doing this so they somehow tipped, tipped them, them off. off and they ended up finding the chicken first so there was that piece but what stands out to me the most was what happened post chicken post chicken anyway i just remember you were like really fucked up like i was like <laughs> i've never seen you this fucked up in my life but we all went. Okay, so Melissa was wearing the chicken suit. She did not want to get off. Also, I just want to set the scene that it was, what, 5 p.m.? Like, it was really oh, early. Oh, it was pretty early. Like, yes. maybe it was, like, even earlier. And UA's friend, 
had a party Friends that he was friend. Okay, we yeah, didn't even he, know he, these people. Right. He's like, we should go to this party. It's going to be really great. Whatever. And we're like, cool. We're on board. We're already out. <laughs> we're right. Like, we're like go. ready to go. We went to this party. <laughs> there was no one there except for the couple that was hosting it. And us, it was like five of us and the chicken, like that come from the chicken hunt. And I just remember she had a spread. Like this was like a formal dinner party. And we were all super fucked up, just like chowing down on her food. But she was so happy we were there because (laughs) no one else showed up. It was Wait, so let's fun. let's just paint the scene of when we entered because we thought we were going to some house party where yes. there'd be like beer pong and red cups. Okay, we were like, we were dirty, we we were sweaty. I mean, Melissa was extra sweaty. Chicken later, soup. no, yeah, no, it was like five actually. Yes, no, it was like five or six. Yes, I remember because the sun was still out. And she opens the door. First of all, we didn't know who they were. These were friends of friends. Mm-hmm. And they live in this like luxury building in Soma in San Francisco. And it the, the, the I felt like it was like double doors or something. It was mm-hmm. the doors open and they live in this immaculate, beautiful apartment that had like white furniture and like you know, views for miles. And <laughs> the couple was like dressed all nice in they like They were like cocktails. in like horrible wear. Yes. <laughs> and we show up looking like we're homeless oh people, God. bring a chicken with us <laughs> and eating their food. We were like, what are we doing here? <laughs> it was such a scene from a movie, but she was super excited she to have so us. Nice. She was really nice. But I also remember as a cherry on top, there was this guy. Yeah, this like brings it back to dating too. There was this guy that I had like met on a dating app like years ago, and it was like one of those things that like he totally ghosted me. Basically, like uh-huh. he like there was a lot that happened that night. What, but I remember- what, Julie, what, <laughs> where are you going? And where are you not going with this story? Okay, so basically this, like, it was one of those moments that I thought, like, there was something here. Like, he was, like, promising the world to be Ah, that okay, night. okay, there we go. And then he, like, totally ghosted me. Mm. This was years ago, like, probably, like, I don't know. Before my in, time. Before your time, by yeah. far. But then there had been a few instances where I had run into him. Yeah. And there was, like, a recent one that he was, like, then trying to get with me. And I was, like, I'm not into this because you had ghosted me. And we had, like, rehashed this whole thing, like, not that long ago. And then the chicken hunt happened, like, maybe, like, a month after that. Or maybe, no, it was, like, two weeks after. It was, like, really soon. And I remember as we're walking to this party, I see him on the street with a pizza box. Because it was, like, 5 p.m. And he was, like, (laughs) eating dinner. And I remember him just being like, Julie, is that you? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Oh, good times. It's always when you want to run it. You know, like whenever you're like, I don't want to run into this person. And then you see them like in a chicken suit. I mean, I I wasn't in the chicken suit, but I was with the chicken suit. So guilty by association. That picture group photo we took at the bar, the final bar came up as a Facebook memory for me the other day. And I just I couldn't name anybody in the photo. Oh, really? Oh, like the big one. No, some of our friends were in there. Some of okay, some I couldn't name all the people. No. I remember their faces and 
just it was just such a good time. We were fucked up and we had a great time. That's all I remember. I do still have the photo. It's with you and then two of our friends that I'm still close yeah. with. Yes. That's on my mantle now. Oh, I look wow. at that chicken photo all the time. Well, we're on her mantle. <laughs> you hear that? We're on Julie's mantle. <laughs> I know. It's only reserved for the best. Only reserved for the best. <laughs> memories. Yes. Yeah, so we will keep sharing all of our memories of us being fucked up. But that was definitely like top of the list, Julie. For sure. I think, though, it's an interesting segue to this. I've got to segue it to this oh, week's okay. episode. I'm, Watch I'm the observing. chicken I will observe this happen. I feel like, I don't know about you, but lately, I, last weekend especially, I went out and it felt like old times again. Mm. Like it was so crowded everywhere. No one's wearing masks. Like it's literally feels like it's returned to 2019. Mm-hmm. And it was so jarring to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I miss... <laughs> pandemic going out because i actually really liked going to like outdoor bars or restaurants or even when it turned indoor but you had to like get a table with your group like they wouldn't let people just roam around yeah and it was so overwhelming everything had to wait in line we had to wait in lines yeah because it's so crowded now yep and it relates to this episode because we're talking about what do we want to preserve from right. pandemic dating into a post-pandemic world. And there are certain things in even in my social life that I would like to preserve from the pandemic time. Again, not saying that the pandemic was a good time for anyone, but it did let at least me take a step back and be like, what actually is important to me? And I, there's some activities I used to do that I just don't desire to do anymore. Yeah. I felt that last week because it was the first time I went into a restaurant without a mask on and they said, it's fine. And I was mm-hmm. like, are you sure it's fine? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it proved something to me where I felt like I've created a lot of distance with people, just human beings in general, during the pandemic that now I need to lessen that distance mm-hmm. a little bit more. So I'm what I'm preserving is the one-on-one quality time I've spent mm-hmm. with people during the pandemic. Yes. Something I would like to gain back is um, the openness for new people and mm-hmm. m- and meeting strangers, which is a, a skill that I completely forgotten. <laughs> but with a little liquid courage, I think I could get there. But that's something I, I really want to work on. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I feel that. I know a lot of people feel like that. So you're not in the minority. I think a lot of people are like, how do I regain social skills? I feel like yeah. I haven't seen, we've talked about FODA, fear of dating again. I think yeah. that's a big piece of it is to get back out there and date the way that you once did. I don't know. I was like watching this video. I think it was just on Instagram or someone put up not a post. Not TikTok? No, it was just like someone's Everything real okay? Li- I know. Everything's okay over here. Don't worry. <laughs> but you know how, like, I always thought, like, would we ever get back to a world where people are blowing out candles, like, on cakes? Mm. And people were just, like, doing stuff like there was no thing. Yeah. It just feels like we've all forgotten the last year and are just moving right back into life. And I don't know. It's – I don't know if I'm fully there yet, but I don't feel – the social side, I don't feel, but I don't feel like I want to be like squished in with like a bunch of randoms at bars or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss the crowds at all. It's like leaving a relationship and then getting into a same, the same relationship yeah. and you kind of forgot what you learned from that previous relationship. 
And I think sometimes we just need to check back in with ourselves. That's what I'm learning to do is like, it's okay to set boundaries and to be uncomfortable in this transitional moment. And sometimes I just have to say no to things, right? Mm -hmm. And just like, let people know I'm not exactly comfortable with that yet as I transition. I, I may never be comfortable with how things were. Yeah, I think some of it's old age for me too, because I think I was old feeling... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that right? <laughs> old age and having dinner at 530? <laughs> hey, that is pandemic life. <laughs> but I think... Um, I don't know. I think I was getting over that scene even before the pandemic. Yeah. And I was like out actually after my 5.30 p.m. dinner last week, <laughs> bringing it full circle because we were done by 8 o'clock because right, they had to clear, to clear the new table. The next seating, yeah. By the way, that restaurant was really amazing. I, it was totally worth like the 5.30 seating. <laughs> But it was a very cool experience. But we went to bars after and went to two bars before we went to the third. And the third, we were like, we just want somewhere that we can sit and not be near people. And eventually we found it. And it honestly probably is somewhere I would have gone post pandemic too because of stage of life. But I think it's that it's like going back to maybe some stuff and being like, this isn't for me anymore. And I'll yeah. find something that still works. Uh, yeah. I've also been going out with some of my single friends who are excited to date again, but mm. they haven't pulled the trigger in terms mm. of... So they have photo. They have photo, yes. <laughs> because they want to be, and I think my friend said this the best, she said, I just want to do it right this time, so I want to be really intentional about it. Mm. So before she reinstalls the apps and so starts swiping again, she ha she was like, I need to find a purpose for all of this. I need to be mm. I need to be dating more mindfully this time. So she has this plan. She's like, once once I have established what I'm looking for and be I can be completely intentional about it, then I will reinstall the apps and do get back into the scene. So I feel like a few of my single friends are in that in that stage. And I would be curious to hear from our listeners if that's where you are too. You have FODA, but you also have a plan. Like you're you're mm. you know, you're slowly getting back in into it, baby steps, but you do have a plan for re-entry. I actually think that directly relates to FODA because mm. I think a lot of times over the pandemic, people have done a lot of self-work. Some people are doing that currently, which sounds like your friend might be in that stage. But I think there's other people that have taken that time and have been single during the pandemic and really digging deep on what they want. And sometimes dating when I've experienced this, sometimes dating when you're like, I know exactly what I'm looking for is almost the scariest because your expectations are so high. There's almost like no room for failure because you've done all this work yourself. Yeah. And I think it's like this perfectionist attitude. And I totally get that because I think I've totally been there. But maybe it's cutting yourself a break too. It's understanding that self-work isn't just done in a short period of time. It's kind of indefinite. And there may be times that let's say you're like, I'm never going to let someone like ghost me again. You can't control other people. It's just how you react to it. Even if you've done all the self-work, 
you mm-hmm. still are going to get ghosted. Like there's nothing that's controlling that. It's how you react to it and how you move on from it and find someone that won't do that for you. So it's understandable to be scared to re-enter if you feel like kind of like all the pressures on maybe to like yeah. use what you've done. But I think also like give yourself some grace that even if you've learned all this stuff, like life just happens and it's again how you deal with it. Yeah, that's a very good point. Sometimes we can be so in our head that all you're doing is thinking and you're yeah. not doing. And if you're not doing, you can't see results from just thinking. So it, you have to find that balance. But also listen to yourself. Like, what am, where am I? Check in and feel it out. Sometimes mm-hmm. your body tells you way more information than your little brain can. Little meaning not like you guys have little brains, but like, you know, endearing your little brain. Thank you for uh, (laughs) explaining that. A lot of people are like, what the fuck? (laughs) Your big ass brain. Okay. There you go. There you go. That is related to a question that we got from a listener. And Julie, this will be a surprise for you. You didn't know you didn't know there was a question. The question (laughs) is, as we come back um, into in real life dating, do you still see the value with video dates as a filter or a first pseudo date? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think that's something that should be preserved from the pandemic, being excited to meet someone. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be video. It could be phone. It could be, I don't know. I mean, texting can go either way. Sometimes by texting, you can feel, but I think phone and video are definitely better indicators. But whatever way you want to feel like you're at least a little connected to this person, I think one of the biggest self-sabotage techniques that we used to have is when we would go in being like, oh, it's just a date. There's a zillion other people. Yes. You're almost like setting yourself up to not care the outcome. And I personally, I don't know about you, UA, I would rather go on two dates that felt promising than like 20 that I didn't give a shit about. And I was just going through the motions. And I think people can feel when you're like going through the motions versus back to like what you were saying about intentionality. I don't think that video dating is going to stay as like a way to really get to know someone because I think, I mean, we go into it in this episode. I think some of the downside of video is like false pretenses and expectations building. But the benefits of video is at least a way to see like, is there at least a baseline attraction? Is there at least a baseline conversation that we can have? And also put a name, a voice to the name or a face to the name, depending on what you're doing. Yeah, I really see the value in video dates because I think during the pandemic, I hope that we all learned what a privilege it is to be out and about mm-hmm. at a restaurant, at a bar, to to just be somewhere outside of your home. And I hope we can preserve that feeling. So we should be saving these times when we go out for someone that like we really want to spend that time with. And with the way we used to date was, like you said, Julie, we just take these moments for granted. So people Mm -hmm. go to the coffee shops and they go to bars and they have like date after date. And then you forget that it is a privilege to be out. So I think the video date will really help people filter for you to get into that in real life date and to have that that kind of excitement. Something that I learned recently, because in my day job, I've been hiring, doing a lot of hiring. And I learned this from the video, like the Zoom calls that we have as a first 
um, interview was my mentor. She said, "How did that conversation feel energetically?" Mm. That was the question, and I had to really think about what does that mean. Like energetically, how does it? I I've interviewed lots of people that I think are great. But there was something off, and I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And I think it's energy, and I think you can gauge energy on video dates if your energies are compatible or not.、Mm-hmm. So it's a great filter. I agree. I don't think you're going to get to know the whole person. Even attraction doesn't really build、no. over video, but energy you can definitely gauge. Yeah, I don't think you need to walk away from video being like, "I met the one." Like、yeah. I think that that's probably not realistic. I think it's. I personally, if I was still dating, I would. Do a phone screen because I th- I felt like that. And you can gauge energy through phone. Yeah,、too. totally. I think just like hearing someone's voice, how do they react to things you're saying? Like I think that would be really good. But yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't think it's a necessity, but I don't think it hurts either. There's value. There's definitely、yeah. value to video video dates or phone phone screens. Just call it that. I will say the irony is the only person I did not go on a video or phone screen is my current boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. So why is that? I think it was because I just got vaccinated,、mm. and there was less of that like screening for that going on. And I think I was like, I just want to like go out, and we we did text enough that I felt like we had a lot in common, like not necessarily hobbies, but like upbringing and. Values and like lifestyle. I felt like there was a lot of that enough that you could gauge through text.、Um, I don't know. I don't know what like compelled me to do that necessarily. But and I also don't know if we had done phone or video, if I would have gotten the feeling I got in person with him.、Mm, okay. So I, I I don't know. I'm a little mixed on it. I do think it's it's a good screen, but I don't think it's. The be all end all either. Like I think you need to remember that it's just a screen. Like if you're still feeling like there's like what do we say like the eighty twenty rule.、Mm-hmm. Like if you're like eighty percent at least like okay this could be someone I would like. It still is worth the trip in my opinion to like meet them. But if you're like there's nothing here, then it can save you a lot of time. I think ultimately the question for yourself is. How do I get myself not in the pattern of day after day after day? Yes, that's it. Yes. So whatever tools you use to get yourself off the hamster wheel of dating, use that tool. And video dates as a screener could be a tool for that.、Mm-hmm. Off、that's、the、all. hamster wheel. I think that is something that we all want to take into post-pandemic life. That is definitely something that comes up quite a lot in our Facebook group of people that have done the work. They want to date with intentionality to find the right. Right relationship, not just any relationship. And you can find like-minded people like that in our Facebook <laughs> community. Love in the time of Corona by the Dateable Podcast. You can find us there. We are a strong, connected, and very engaged group of people who are going through similar scenarios in our love lives. And who are seeking out just a place to talk, a place to share, and a place to also give each other some support. Right?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's all we really need these days. So if you、um, haven't joined that. Community, you should definitely check it out. We also have the sounding board, which is the next level, right? If you want to speak to even a more curated 
group of people who are like-minded, who are doing the work and going through the J-word journey, (laughs) this is the place to be where we have uh, monthly events and we have topics and we have these challenges for you to really rethink your way of dating and your way of, of relationship. I just find this group so amazing because they are constantly growing day Mm -hmm. after day. And I personally think it's very motivating for myself to see Mm -hmm. people just working on themselves all the time. And you know where video chats are going to prevail is in the sounding board because we do video chat discussion groups and happy hours. And I think a big benefit is that people in the pandemic were able to connect with people all over the country and the world. Like we have people globally in the sounding board and in the Facebook group. And in the sounding board, you can actually, you know, chat and form more deep relationships. And I think that has been a huge benefit of this time that we were able to get outside of our bubbles little. I feel it personally. It's been super nice to connect with people all over. And I think honestly, the the fact that we were able to have this virtual group, it allowed UA and I to meet our listeners. Before mm-hmm. it was just a number. We had no idea who was listening. And sometimes an email here and there. But this has like given a whole identity to all of our listeners. And they've become like friends to us. And it's, it's amazing. And I think that is an like unquantifiable benefit of being in the sounding board. Absolutely. And our listeners who are in the sounding board and in the community as well are meeting up in real life. So if you are interested in meeting other listeners, get in the groups, either one. And we've seen meetups all over the country. They're still happening. We have a group coming to San Francisco in September. I mean, if you want to, <laughs> if you really want to meet people in real life, people who are like in, on the same wavelength, join this group. You'll find them. That is a good plug. Another good plug in for our episode is Kimmy Seltzer. She's been a long-standing friend of Dateable. F-O-D. Is that our acronym? The FOD. She's a FOD. (laughs) She's a FOD. She's up there with Logan Yuri that we've had her multiple times. And she actually did um, one of our dateable live after show events that's part of the sounding board. But we were super excited to do this Amazon live with her, which Mm. is what this episode is going to be replaying. And that's where we dove into what was good about dating in the pandemic, what was not so good, and then where do we go from here? And I think it's especially especially relatable. And it was such a great conversation. We always love talking with Kimmy, but there were so many good tidbits in there that were like, we need to repurpose this as an episode. Absolutely. Kimmy is a hoot. I love her. She is so, (laughs) she's full of personality and also just full of knowledge. She has been a dating coach and an image consultant for years and her clients are very diverse. They run the gamut. So she shares a lot of her own personal wisdom Mm -hmm. and observations. with And therapist. (laughs) And therapist. That's right. I keep forgetting. She's like the trifecta. She really is. She, She does it all. And her nuggets of knowledge and information and data is just like... She just keeps dropping those knowledge bombs. Plus, we have a really good dynamic, the three of us, yeah, which is always super plus fun. Plus, she's just so fun. She <laughs> is super fun. But before we get into Kimmy, let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is no surprise Julie and I are huge fans of therapy, especially online therapy. And BetterHelp can do exactly just that. They match you with your own licensed therapist and connect you in a safe and private online environment. I was able to start communicating with my therapist in less than 48 hours 
hours super fast. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Their licensed professionals specialize in everything from stress management, uh, anxiety, trauma, dating, and grief. We at Dateable wish for all of you to live a happier, more wholesome life, and we think therapy and prioritizing your mental health will accomplish that. So as our listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash dateable. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Okay, let's get into our discussion with Kimmy Seltzer. Oh my gosh. Hi, Julie. And hi, Yui. It's good to see you. So I have in the house two very special women that I've gotten to know over the past year. They have this amazing, amazing podcast that um, I ha- was honored to be on. I think that's how we first connected. It's called Dateable. You must check it out. It is amazing, amazing, amazing. These women are just, they're, they're trending. Like you, if I were to say, if there's a dating trend happening right now, I would say that you ladies are it. I'm just saying like your podcast is it. So anyway, hi, can you hear me? Hi. Sure can. Hi, Kitty. Thanks for having us. We're so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. So excited to have you. Oh, and you, you, you definitely like freshened up. You look. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I literally just worked out when we did our sound check and I was like, I cannot go live like this, girl. Like, I'm, well, I gotta so, look good for this date. What's so funny to me is I thought you looked amazing and gorgeous and I thought you were like already. So when you were like, no, oh, oh, this whole thing, I gotta go change. <laughs> like, I, you know, because you're both gorgeous. So anyway, um, yeah, because I feel like I, I, I just went into my Facebook group and I said the same thing that you just said because I feel like I just am about to go on a date and I am like with you ladies. So mm-hmm. anyway, well, yeah. Why don't you introduce yourselves and your podcast and tell a little bit about who you are? Awesome. Well, I'll go first, I guess. I'm UA. I'm one of the co-hosts of the Dateable podcast and we've been podcasting for five years, which started with two friends just wanting to talk about dating and funny dating stories has turned into some deep, deep stuff in our 12th season, five years later. And uh, just a little backstory, Julie and I met through a mutual friend when I first moved to San Francisco, and Julie had been dating in San Francisco for most of her adult life, and I was extremely new. So we had a lot of notes to compare and share. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm like, how do I even top that? But I'm Julie. I'm the other co-host of Dateable. And like you mentioned, we started off around like dating stories, and we expanded to just so much more. And I think at this point, we're really trying to get to like the root of like why we all do the things we do and what's happening in dating culture. I feel like with COVID, it was like another whole shift of dating culture. Like (laughs) we already thought things were crazy with modern dating and that just took a whole new turn. Oh my God, right? Like it has been such a roller coaster. I don't know if you heard me talk um, earlier, but I was saying, you know, I mean, I definitely have seen things for the, that have been for the worst, but actually there's been a lot of good things that have come out of this pandemic. Totally. People are learning how to do more of that 
slow dating and really getting to know people before they just swipe and meet, right? And so that is kind of what I was, you know, talking about before. But I am so interested in hearing some of the things that you are hearing out there (laughs) because you are up and up on all of it. And then I can share too, like maybe some clients have experienced the same thing. Absolutely. And like you said, there has been some really silver linings through all this, but then there's also been undoubtedly, it's been harder to date too. I mean, there's a lot more you have to vet with someone in terms of like safety and all that, that was just never an issue before. So it's, it's been, it's had its pros and cons, I think is a good way to say it for COVID times. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what, well, let's go to the cons first. I like, like, okay. let's, just, let's just dig in. You okay. know? Let's like, go negative first. I like it. Then we can end positive with all our products and whatnot. And if anybody has like questions too. Yeah. Like what are, yeah, kind of the down and dirty. I mean, I think I am glad that we're starting negative because I think a lot of times we do. <laughs> well, I think that sounded weird, but but I think a lot of times people do sugarcoat it. And like, okay. I am actively dating right now. And there's a lot of loneliness that's happening right now in the yeah. pandemic. So I think we do need to kind of like honor that that is like a real thing going on. And also, like I mentioned, just it is you're kind of putting yourself at risk every date you go on where that was not a thing before. So I think it's good that we're starting here because I think sometimes it like doesn't fully touch people's real feelings of how they felt during this time. It's so true. It's it, And I think that a lot of times people were sugarcoating it to cover up the fact that there is so much loneliness and depression. Right. And obviously, like as a therapist, I know a lot of mental health issues have like exacerbated even during this time, which in fact does impact dating. So totally. Yeah. Like I'd love to hear like your thoughts and what are you seeing or hearing about? I think one of the cons with what's happening during COVID and finding love is that the loneliness is amplified, which could turn into behaviors that may not be reasonable or may Mm. not be good for you. So we've seen behavior that's a little bit erratic or irrational. (laughs) Um, This new term turbo dating came about where people are having like one week, two week, one month relationships that go from zero to 60. Yes. And those are great for, for people to get themselves out there. But since we're talking about the cons, I think one of the negative downfalls with these turbo relationships is that you're setting yourself up for so much disappointment. Mm -hmm. So you get your emotions all riled up. And then in the end, it doesn't work out. So there's that kind of that kind of feeling like deflation, a little bit of exhaustion that we're seeing now towards the end of COVID. Totally. And we've heard like people reference this term dating trauma. It's like when all this like built up, you know, like, it's like if you get ghosted once, no big deal. But when you get ghosted over and over again, or you have a turbo relationship where you thought you met the one, and then it ended, and then you're like back on the merry-go-round again, it kind of does eat at people's, you know, like soul in a way. So I think that is a very real thing. And like UA said, it's great people are getting into relationships. But I think sometimes it's hard to like manage expectations. Like I've definitely seen this with myself, but also all the people in our community is like, sometimes you'll get really excited about someone virtually that you've met. And you realize like that you've never actually met this person in real life. And if you ask someone years ago, like if that would be a real relationship, but people are considering people they've met one time to be like date five 
five when in reality it's still date one because it's the first time you're actually meeting. It's it's a fine yes. line of like all of yeah, all the virtual stuff. It's great because you get excited to meet, but it's also can it can just you can meet and then there's like a total disconnect. You know what's so funny about that? And I was I'm so embarrassed to say that I had to ask somebody because some um someone wrote me IRL, like you know, like do you want to <laughs> meet? And I said, what is that? <laughs> like, uh, Kim, like, oh, like, come on, Kimmy. <laughs> no, I swear to God, I'm throwing myself under the bus yet again, because I always do. No, I really did. But the fact that that's even like a term in real life, mm-hmm. like, of course it's real life. But no, to your point, like now there's almost has to be this like, yeah, like we, we have to manage that expectation around. Mm-hmm. And even with the way that we're communicating as totally. well, you know, like, yep. I don't know. I'm also finding it so intrusive these days because now people are just expecting to hop on Zoom, so to speak. Right. You know, whereas like, no, 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 you don't earn that. You don't earn the you don't earn the fact that <laughs> I need to like get date ready for you to right. even go on Zoom. And exactly. yeah. So <laughs> it is so true. Kimmy, I think yeah. you bring up a really good point with the term IRL. Because if we kind of dissect where that term came from, it implies that we we live in two parallel universes. We've oh got God. this virtual world and we've got this I I guess quote unquote real world. And what's been happening with online dating and the way we communicate is that we live in a virtual world. And then we Mm -hmm. have to marry that with our real world. And that's where the conflicts really arise. And during COVID, I think everyone's been living in the virtual world. And where we're seeing now is bring that virtual relationship into reality. I think there's a hard transition there. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the cause of a lot of the kind of negative side effects we're seeing. Oh, my God. It's like WandaVision. Did you did you watch that? (laughs) It really is. It really is. Well, like before COVID, there was always this thing like, it's not real till you met in real life. Like that was like the mentality we were all in. And in COVID times, it switched. And I think there definitely was some positives, which we'll get to the positives of, you know, deeper connection and all that. But the negative is there was a stat actually that the longer you go to meeting someone, the more you make up and fill in the blanks in your mind. So you go there and you have like a, a, like a huge expectation of this person especially if you've been like texting yes. every day you like think that you're like this is your soulmate and then you get there and you're both like why doesn't this jive in real life mm-hmm. right so it's like inflated kind mm-hmm. of this vision that you have of them yeah that's interesting and have we all been there we all been there we imagine this relationship we internalize right. it we create a storyline around it but in reality we know that people are never the way you, they you imagine them to be no. So it's it's that goes back to that disappointment factor again. Yeah, but this like almost makes like the reality like before COVID the fantasy like you would kind of like build that up yourself. But now it's actually real because it's happening in this like virtual world, but it's not correlating with the real world. <laughs> It is strange. It is strange. And I think you bring up a really good point about like the transition because I, I there's this feeling in the air and I don't know if you're feeling it too, just with the way that people are talking 
it's almost like it's like we're on standby, you know, it's like mm-hmm. commercial break, you know, and we're like waiting for like I hear all the time waiting for my shot. I'm waiting for my shot. Then I'll do this. Then I'll do that. But but right. Like what is the new world going to look like when we peek our, know. you know, head out? And so how do we prepare for that? Right. Like what's the ammunition that we need so that when we go out, we can slowly get out there and do what we did before, but also bring some tools with us that mm-hmm. we're leaving behind. But I think we that are actually good, you know, like, and, and this is like kind of the good stuff too. Totally. I'm also seeing already on dating profiles, their vaccine vaccine card. So that's oh, already really? starting to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think like everyone, there's, there's a lot of baked in prompts that use like, oh, when I get the vaccine or something, but I've actually seen people replace their profile photos with their vaccine card photo. <laughs> oh my God. Do you think like when we go on dates, like are people talking about this, that they'll be like, like we'll have to show each other? If Maybe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like maybe they'll be like, okay, STDs, yes. Um, yeah. We have like, right? Like there's like different things that we'll have to check off before we even date someone. Kimmy, we're just all going to walk around with QR codes and scan each other's QR codes. It will pull up all of your medical history. Right. Including your childhood traumas and your therapy bills. Just so <laughs> That's a Black Mirror episode for sure. Do you guys watch Black Mirror? Just... Just for the record, that is not our dating prediction. That is UA sarcasm <laughs> for anyone. That, no, I anyone new happen. to our show, they're like, these are a bunch of QAnon conspiracy theorists over here. Oh my here. God, can you imagine? Yeah, no, but I think that these are things to like think about because I do believe that it is going to be a conversation when we first oh. meet people. For sure, a hundred percent. Yeah. What are some other like trends, and and it doesn't necessarily have to be the bad stuff. We can get into the good stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> what do yeah, you guys I think, noticing? Kimmy. You know, for your for your expertise, which is we talked about this image consultant realm that you're in. Yes. Um, how to look your best in person? How to dress for a date? And now there's this whole other category of how to look good on camera, how mm-hmm. to look good for virtual dates. And we found that you got to have a different skill set of making yourself mm-hmm. look good on yeah. camera versus in real life. And sometimes people's looks don't translate in real yeah. life. You might be able to get a sense of their energy, but there's still something missing when it comes to video. So I'm I'm basically setting this up for Julie because Julie <laughs> has a personal experience. Yeah, I mean, 100% agree on like video does not always transfer over. I have definitely gone on dates with people and they looked actually, I didn't think this was possible before COVID was that people could look better on video. Like at the beginning yes. of COVID, I was like, oh my God, I'm afraid to do video because I don't want that to be my first impression of me on video when I feel awkward. But I've actually encountered the opposite. And I've heard from a lot of people in our community that it goes both ways too. So that being said, though, I will turn this into a positive because I think we're at the point to go to positives now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, the like, <laughs> I think the positive though is yes, like we talked about the dangers of falling into this like virtual relationship that takes weeks and weeks to meet up and you get all this idea in your head. That being said, I still think this idea of doing like a pre-date screen, whether that's from phone or video, I I think that's here to stay because personally, it saves so much time. Like the amount of time that we used to spend getting ready for dates and then meeting someone for like an hour if it 
it just like the conversation couldn't even flow at all. Mm -hmm. I think too, it like does get you more excited to meet when you actually meet. So I think it's all about striking the balance of having enough screen conversation, looking at it as a screen, not like we're in a relationship because we've talked four times on the phone. And then obviously going down that path of, you know, talking forever virtually. Right, Mm -hmm. right. I was saying that too, before you came on. I, I do believe that that's a good thing. And actually people having conversations. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first First month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Before they meet, there, there's mm-hmm. something to be said about even having that connection before you meet. And whether it's a phone call or a video date, I mean, yeah. I think there's just value in that. So, yeah. A hundred percent. Like before COVID, I was guilty that sometimes I wouldn't even save someone's name in my phone because I'm like, oh, there's a pretty good chance I'll never see this person. It's like 50-50. And I must say, like, since I've been dating in COVID, which is like beginning of this year, to be honest, was more when it really started to ramp up for me just out of other personal things that were going on. And um, I haven't had that mentality. I've been like, okay, this is a real person I'm meeting. And even if like the date wasn't fireworks, or there was still a disconnect from the like initial chemistry 
history that I thought was there virtually, it still was a good time. Like there was very few that I'm like, oh my God, this was like painful, like nails on the chalkboard type of dates that I think a lot of people were going on before. So if we could at least eliminate those, it will reduce that dating trauma and just like make people like, you know, a little more positive when they are going out and dating. Yeah. Wait, we have a question that actually, Beth, this is a great question. So she's, she's asking, it's kind of what you're talking about. She's curious, what is the appropriate amount of times texting back and forth before you speak or actually meet? So yeah, that is, you know, I, I mean, I'll just say from my standpoint, I don't know if you have any like stats or, or things to talk about that, but I think that like, I'm not a black and white kind of gal where, you know, you can do X amount of times before you can do this. Like, you know, situations are different. People's connections are different. People's ages are different. So I don't think there's like an appropriate amount of time, but here's what I will say is that I've seen, and this is the thing when I I coach people, I go into their profiles and I'm looking at their conversations because often I get, Kim, I don't know why that guy didn't like ask me out. Or, you know, the guy's like, this, this chick just dropped me. Like what's going on? You know? And then when I look at their conversations, I see exactly what happens. And here's something that's, <laughs> that's really common that I see is that I'll see text exchanges go on and on and oh, on yeah. and like literally for days. Like there was this one woman who said to me that she had a text exchange go on for an entire week. I said, you mean to tell me you've been DMing each other for an entire week and you have never talked on the phone? <laughs> and she's like, no, I just, he, he, he won't do it. And I said, well, you're not really like hinting either. And when I looked at their text exchanges, they weren't even like talking about anything. They were just mm-hmm. kind of doing this, what I call parallel talking. They yes. were reporting at each other. Oh, How was your day? My day was good. I did yes. this today. I did that today. Like there weren't even connecting. So it was no wonder that they like, you know, didn't progress. And so, you know, Beth, in answer to your question, anytime it goes on too long like that, with there's no sense of like, you know, at least opportunity to think about getting on the phone, that is way too long. And so here's the thing. Women will say, yeah, but the guy's not asking. Well, women, you can do things to drop the hanky to get the guy to move a little bit forward. Like you could say things like, oh my God, I'm loving this conversation. I wonder what your voice sounds like. Mm -hmm. You know, I just kind of drop that hanky so that the guy says, oh yeah, like let's get on the phone. Or I wonder what you look like, you know, IRL, you know, like that kind of thing. And so there are things that women can do. And then men, yes, you need to ask the women to do these things like phone calls and Zooms. Like we, we want to do that, you know, and I think a lot of times guys just get a little bit shy. So I don't know what you ladies think about that, but that's just something that I'm seeing that's happening a lot. And that's why people aren't meeting is because the text mm-hmm. exchanges are going on way too long. This is why we love you, Kimmy, because you are not a typical dating expert who's like, if you've been texting for <laughs> two and a half days, you've got to get on a phone call. <laughs> like you said, there are no rules around how to get off texting. But to Beth's question, it gets to a point where you're like, is this going anywhere? And I think that's right. a good barometer 
barometer for it's time to move this forward. It's not about we need to text three times before we get on the phone. When you listen to your gut and it's it's telling you, I think we need to take this to the next platform, Mm -hmm. that's when you should move it. I think dropping the hanky is a great idea. There are some ways that you can do that where um, maybe it's like, oh, I have such a great story from today, but too much to text, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Kind of shows like, oh, I'd rather tell you on the phone because there are just so many voices involved. I'm very animated. And there's also nothing wrong with saying, you know, I would love to get on a phone with you and have a phone call. I actually find that extremely sexy and confident. And it shows that Mm -hmm. you're taking control of the situation. And it's 2021. I think there's (laughs) nothing wrong with women initiating that next level. Uh, But what we've heard from previous guests is the general rule of thumb is once you've learned, let's say, three substantial things about the other person, not like their weather preferences or what they have for dinner. That's you do not learn anything. But three substantial things, that's a good time to take everything to the next level, whether that's offline Mm -hmm. or to a phone call. A hundred percent. I was going to say something very similar. I love that three, like, again, it's ballpark three. It's give or take. It's not exact science. But I think what it does is when someone messages like you immediately and is like, want to do a video call? Like it's a, it's aggressive. <laughs> oh like my ma- God. male or female. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's super aggressive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like when that happens to me, I'm like, oh my God, you've said this to about a hundred other women. Like it doesn't make you feel like they're trying to get to know you in any way. And then the opposite is what you described when it goes on for days and days. So I think what this three-ish like ballpark exchange kind of gets you like past the small talk that you don't really want on the date anyways. And like in COVID times, date could be a phone call. It could be a video call, like any progression. I think that's really what we're looking for is a sign of, you know, you can even move it from dating app to text to phone to video. Like there's ways to make that progression and still move slowly, but feel like you're moving forward opposed to just staying in a dating app for, you know, 10 days. And you're just like, oh, my God, is this ever going to go anywhere? It's Mm -hmm. so true. And the chat is kind of blowing up right now, because now we have the men talking to the women. This is great. (laughs) See, this is a good conversation because and this is exactly what I was saying, because Beth was like, well, you know, these guys aren't, you know, asking me out. I just had these chats go on and on and on. But then Matthew is saying from his standpoint, a man wants the woman to open that door because a lot of men are afraid of rejection. And, you know, that's, that's the thing. Like, and I say this all the time, both men and women have a responsibility and approachability and connection. I truly Mm -hmm. believe that, you know, and it's like, if the women make it a little bit easier for the men and the men make it a little bit easier for, for, for the women, we'd all be in a really good place, but we're at this like stalemate right now. And we're all Mm -hmm. like waiting for each other. Right. Right. And so, I mean, this is where the more the like strategy and coaching comes in Mm -hmm. that we're talking about, but I love this kind of conversation in that knowing that there's some guidelines and it's so true because there are some guys and and I've seen this before where guys will just go in like gangbusters and before even saying Mm -hmm. hi say hey what's your number right it's too much it's too much (laughs) and I think honestly if we're gonna bring this back to trends a lot of it is the fallout of me too is that a lot of men are you know timid to make those moves because no longer it's just reject it is rejection too but it's also like you're coming off as you know 
a harasser, like someone that's like bugging the woman. So I think there is a lot of compassion that we need to have. And honestly, you can just blame COVID. Just be like, yeah, hey, just- I'd love to like, like <laughs> you know, COVID's down. given us so much. It, we might as well have it help right. us our dating lives. Like, I'll just ask someone like, hey, like, how have you been approaching COVID dating? Like, would you be down to do a phone call? That easy. Right, right. When in doubt, blame COVID. Although I will say, <laughs> I don't know is if that you're on a t-shirt. This. Yeah. Oh, I know, right? We should. Is that in your products on Amazon? We should. It should be. We should have that for our Amazon little um, store. Here. Maybe we'll create one and then we'll have you on mm-hmm. next. Um, but here's the thing with the COVID thing, and I don't know about you, but I think also people are overusing it, right? Like we're talking extremes. Yeah, well, I yep. see people entering conversations with, hey, how's COVID treating you? I mean, oh, not that. oh my God, no. That, <laughs> I feel like that was like the line last yeah. March, but now it's like one year later. Yeah, like serious. we need new material. Like, that was new material. Exactly. That was so 2020. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on. But I think actually yeah. you bring up a good point. I think this is actually like going to like pros and cons of what's happening right now. I think the pro is that a lot of us, especially at early stages of COVID, when you really weren't meeting people, I think like dating did start to open up more like around the summer. And again, depending on your location and COVID restrictions and weather and all those factors. But I think at the beginning, a lot of us did a lot of deep self work. And it's like, what do I really want? And I think that type, anyone that got more clarity, like I feel like can come into dating stronger. But then there's also a lot of people that honestly are like grasping because they're just so lonely right now. So I think that's kind of like the darker side of it. So what makes it I guess better is that you could find other people that are in the same boat as you if you've done the work. And what makes it a little harder is sometimes like someone that wants to hang out all the time, it might not be because they really want a relationship. It might be because they're lonely or they haven't hooked up in a while. Like there's a lot of that stuff going on too. Yes, that is a really, really good point. I want to do like a commercial break for a second because I know (laughs) that there might be some people in your audience and they're not familiar with this format. And I want to make sure because we're having a really good like chat and conversation here. If you are just joining us and you haven't before, make sure you click the follow button so that you can interact with us. You can put your questions into the chat and we will hopefully have some answers for you. You are on with Sway TV Live and welcome. This is Kimmy's Love Hub. And we're on with the Datable Gals, Datable Podcast, (laughs) UA and Julie. They're amazing. And we're talking about modern dating trends and mistakes. So yeah, I mean, Julie, you bring up a really good point in about like the pros and cons like on both sides you know how you were talking about how things were being sped up before Mm -hmm. so on the flip side on the good side there's there's this acceleration happening with people Mm -hmm. in relationships that's been a beautiful thing and I don't know if you've heard Mm -hmm. that so like people and couples who maybe met right as the pandemic was hitting or even a little bit before their relationship accelerated Mm -hmm. and for really good things and reasons and they learned how to like navigate the waters in a really fast way. But I think it's a good sign for them. The fact that they were able to like mm-hmm. work with each other during this time. I don't know if you guys were hearing that too. Yeah, I think, I mean, that was going to, I was just about to say something that I think it's a really positive trend is that people are making bold decisions mm-hmm. and they yeah. are moving forward with their lives. Even though life paused for a year, people have found the 
peace in themselves to move forward with something, whether it's quitting a job that they hate or getting out of a relationship that's toxic or telling someone that they love them, which is what I did in my situation because I had been holding out for so long. I felt like oh. it's now or never. And I, I, I feel really empowered by these systems these stories because for so long we were waiting for things to happen mm -hmm. to us. So we think it's a domino effect. If I get the job of my dreams, if I find the partner mm -hmm. of my dreams, then my life will be great. But I think people really took control of their lives during this time. So they wanted to either strengthen the relationships or get out of the relationships that are no longer oh, yeah. doing them any mm -hmm. good. So I think it goes into what you were saying, Kimmy, some relationships have really skyrocketed and progressed because couples really had to work through some issues. Mm -hmm. I can speak for myself. There were some rocky periods in my relationship at the beginning of COVID, specifically March and April. But once mm -hmm. we got, got through those two months, I feel like we are the strongest we've ever been. Mm -hmm. But we also have some friends who are going through divorces that were starting already before COVID. But I think COVID really sealed the deal for them. That is interesting. And things like it's, it's like things that maybe were a problem that were just kind of floating mm -hmm. at the yeah. surface, like completely bubbled up, right? Yeah. And then it's like things kind of exploded. And there's somebody who wrote in the chat, and it's true, like people are approaching COVID differently. And mm -hmm. that's an important conversation in the way that people navigated the risk and the responsibility, health mm -hmm. issues, social issues. But you know, I think you're really just seeing people at mm -hmm. their best and their worst, you know, during these times. I mean, that's, that's right. it's just been really interesting. No one has time for bullshit anymore. I think that's really right. what the difference is. Like, you know, like we, I don't know if we can swear on here, but like, I don't know no, but you just did. Either, but okay, I'll just it. say F boys, F boys. <laughs> we all know what we're talking right about. Okay, F boys. <laughs> Everyone knows what this is, but we always joke that like F boys were canceled because, yeah. you know, no one has, like, they're still out there trying to like hit up women, especially <laughs> like you know during um now that the vaccine is out too there's a there's a whole line for them but like women's threshold i think in that situation i shouldn't say just women there are f girls out there too it's both yeah. but like you know like anyone that's like wasting your time clearly i think that actually is like one of the real you know epiphanies like we've both had during this time of like why people are still you know single if they don't want to be single a lot of it is because it's wasted time on people that really were not going to like meet them for where they are. And ultimately, like, if you want something, I think this pandemic too is like kind of made us like, you know, it's like life's too short. So it's like, I'm going to figure out like, I'm not going to waste time on people that are wasting time on me, essentially. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Can we, I, I want to talk about that, that whole thing that you just said, the wasting time. I've been hearing this from so many clients there. I don't want to waste time. And e even somebody in the chat said that, like, because mm -hmm. the texts are wasting time. And here's a paradox that I am also seeing with that is that in efforts of wasting time, people are wasting time <laughs> because mm -hmm. they're, they're saying, I don't want to waste time having this conversation, but then they're not doing anything. And then they're wasting time, not doing anything. So it's like, <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? No, so it's a totally good, valid mm, point. I, right. I can like actually think of an example on dating that came up for me recently is I actually like proposed to someone doing a phone call because I prefer to do that before a video call in the response. Yeah. And I'll just caveat that like every other man has totally met me with this and it has not been a problem. But the response on this was like, it's 2021. Everyone's mm -hmm. doing video. I don't want to waste any time. And mm -hmm. in my 
response like i'm like i get it because i'm like i get that people just don't want to deal with the bullshit and like this guy doesn't know me maybe i am gonna waste his time but then on the other side it's like you have to also give people a little bit of the benefit of the doubt like i think there's you know cutting people when it's proven that they're wasting your time but just to make a you're wasting my time because you hypothetically think that could also kind of to your point kimmy kind of shoot you in the foot because then you're like really not hitting your end goal of like meeting that person or whatever your goal is. Exactly. And a lot of times it's defense, right? Like, you Mm -hmm. know, it could be, well, I'm scared. I'm not trusting. So I don't want to waste time. But then, you know, what if you actually took the time to do something different, you know, for yourself that maybe you just practice on flirting, you know, you don't have Mm -hmm. to commit to Mm -hmm. anything, but just maybe get a handle on a skill that you don't know, or you're not comfortable with. And that way you're not wasting time. And oh, by the way, as you're doing that, you might might actually meet somebody, you know? Right. So I think, again, like another thing I was seeing is that people just like black and white it, like yep. either I'm doing this or I'm not doing that, you know, kind of thing. And and, and dating does not and should not be that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the wasting time is definitely not black and white because mm-hmm. I think like if you've, you know, like you're in a situation that it's clearly you're just not on the same page, right? I think there are a lot of people that have been holding on to those types of things because it's COVID. I don't want to be lonely. It's hard to date other people. And I think those are the ones that like, it's good to get clarity and like, see what you ultimately want if they're not doing it. But I agree with you. It's definitely not 100% black and white. I don't want to waste time. Right, right. Oh my God. Well, this is such a good conversation. Obviously, like, it's something that a lot of people are struggling with. Um, I know that you have had some people in your community ask you some dating questions, and I thought it would be fun to go over some questions. And by the way, if you're just joining us and you have any dating questions, please, like, we're all going to be like the dating council, as as you (laughs) ladies had. That's such a great idea to do this. And I think we could debate a little bit. I mean, I think we're already doing it. But the hard part is, is the three of us agree on so much. I don't know how much there is to debate. But um, I'd love to hear, maybe start out with some of the questions that you're audience has. And then if anyone has questions here, we can answer them live. Perfect. Yeah. So this is a question we hear quite a bit. And we've tried to answer it in so many different ways. I would love to see your take on it, Kimmy, as well. Okay. Is how early is too early to communicate what you're looking for in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Is it pre-first date, on the first date, or give it three dates before you lay it all out there? And what I think a lot of people ask this with the intention of asking, are you looking for a committed relationship slash marriage, or are you just looking for something casual? Mm-hmm. But for some reason in modern dating, it's really hard for us to ask that question. Ugh. Such a good question. Okay. I actually, I have a couple stories to help answer that question because um, just the other day, this came up with a client and she texted me her exchange with this guy. She literally just met him. And the second text he sent her, what are you looking for in a relationship? Mm -hmm. It's the word, it's such a buzzkill and it's such a like, you know, huge question. Like, how are you supposed to answer it? And here, here's the reality is that often we have an agenda or we think we want something, but when we have a beautiful connection with someone, that all goes away and is out the window. You know, like we may think, oh, I'm so ready for that relationship. And then you start meeting people and you're like, actually, this is kind of Mm -hmm. fun. I think I'll be single for a little bit. You know, I 
I just think that it's a better question to ask is what is your mission right now versus mm. what do you want in a relationship and where mm. are you at? I actually have my clients write out a mission statement, like a business mission statement, but I do dating mission statement and I have them gain real clarity on what they can do in the next three months to meet what they're looking for and their goals. And and I always say, by the way, it shouldn't be, oh, get a boyfriend or get a girlfriend. It's more about the skills and the things mm. they want to work on. And I, I'm telling you, when they start focusing on that and not what they're looking for is when they're more present and they actually find someone. Can, because, can you give some examples? Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's a woman that I, I worked with that she um, said, you know, Kimmy, find me my soulmate. Like that was her first thing. I said, okay, I will help you. However, there may be some things we need to do along the way. Now, she didn't know and she didn't have the awareness that really what she needed to do was love herself. Mm-hmm. She was looking outside of herself for the soulmate in order to love. Mm. And what she didn't realize it was reversed. But instead of just saying, oh, just love yourself, it was more important for her to just list out the things that were difficult to for her currently when it came to dating and relating and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so she mapped out a plan where she would go online for, you know, like 30 minutes a day and she would just practice the art of conversation, the art of flirting in a different way than she was used to. You know, she was vetting these guys like, are you my boyfriend? Are you my boyfriend? Like she was just, she was the list lady. And because of that, she wasn't meeting anybody because nobody was good enough, by the way, because she was scared. Like she just, she wasn't really present. And so with the flirting, I, I not only taught her how to do that online, but also like on video dates, in person, all of that kind of thing. And because she was relaxing into it, she ended up meeting, well, she started dating up a storm and meeting guys, by the way, that she initially would have like crossed out, mm-hmm. you know, because, and, and I remember in the beginning, cause I do this whole thing called chemistry analysis with people. And she's like, I don't have chemistry. I don't have chemistry. And I said, well, you're, your chemistry, like your type isn't working for you. So we need to do something different. (laughs) And she was getting just turned on by the shiny object, the look and other things. She was looking at the wrong things basically. So when she started dating somebody who didn't like fit her like type, she actually, it was like a surprise for her. And she started Mm -hmm. making more emotional connections with people. Mm -hmm. And because of that, she ended up landing this great guy. And so guess what? By the end of the coaching, she found a guy that she considered who could be her soulmate. And she was Mm -hmm. so happy. And she's like, Kim, I have never been happier in my entire life. And I said, wow, like, so what are you happy about? She's like, well, you know, it's funny because you told me in the beginning that you were going to help me find my soulmate. And I thought that's, that was going to be my happiness. But Mm -hmm. at the end, right now, even though I got the guy, that's not what I'm happy about. I'm mm. happy about the fact that I love me. Mm. And that was like, that was huge because she, she just didn't know that she didn't love her. And, mm. you know, so if she were to go in by starting out, what are you looking for in a relationship? She didn't even know what she was looking for. Do you right, know what I mean? Right, right, and right. so it is much more grounded. And actually, I think that's a way of managing expectations. Like Julie, you were talking about before, like we can manage our expectations by having things that that are easy to reach. Mm-hmm. It's hard to reach the soulmate. It's hard to reach the relationship. Mm-hmm. Easy to reach. 
teach like a conversation online and practicing. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little conflicted on this one. I agree on some of that, but then I also have a little, a bit of a counter opinion on it. And I think, yeah, we gotta, we gotta (laughs) diversify. (laughs) We're all about, I'm like trying hard to find a different opinion, but no, I I actually do have one. So I, (laughs) so I used to, you know, like, I think also from us doing this podcast, we talked to so many experts and daters and all this. And like, there's so many important questions you do need to ask like a partner to like get on the see if you're on the same page and all of that. And I think I did take a time. um, And I've seen this with other people too, that you do ask a lot of those like deep, hard hitting questions Mm -hmm. on date one. And I think it's because of this whole like, I don't want to waste time mentality if we're going to bring it full circle, right? But I do agree with you here that on the first date, I don't think it's the right time. Because I think it in a way like the best dates are kind of like light and fun. And let's see if we even like each other. And I think though, sometimes we're like, I want to know everything about their past relationships. I want to know where this person is. Are they emotionally available before I get connected and all that and start developing feelings? So I personally think that like the first date is should it just be like, do I like this person as a person? But then subsequent dates, I do think you should have conversations and they don't need to be like heavy conversations. Like I actually like like, what's your mission like that, but more like not just romantic, but just like, what what do you want in life? Kind of like Mm. it can be I mean, I I don't think it needs to be formal. Like I did have someone ask me like, what do you want? Where do you want your life to be in five years? And I'm like, I have no idea. That was like a little (laughs) overwhelming and interviewee. But I think you can like bake it into the conversation naturally. And I think that gives you a pulse of where someone's at. If they're like, hey, like, you know, biz, like work is 100% like my focus right now, or like, you know, party scene or whatever it may be, you're gonna at least get glimpses in not to say that you need to like, like bail at that point, like it's still might make sense to keep going depending on the individual. Again, it's hard to give blanket advice, you know, everyone is different, but at least you like can keep managing your expectations and see where things develop. And I think it will be telling too, like if someone does kind of like bring up like an ex, like beyond just like what I learned from this relationship, if it keeps coming up and you know, like I think that could be a sign that like they might not be on the same page as you. Yeah. Well, and I totally agree that there there's a pacing with it, right? And and I think we're both in agreement. Like the first date, you should never no. ask what you're looking for and tell me about like these esoteric kind of theories that you have. Yeah. But no, and I and I agree with a lot of the stuff you said. What about you, Yui? I think fundamentally we just don't know how to ask the question. And I think we're all asking the wrong question. The mm-hmm. question yeah. should be what are you looking for? Because guess what? We, nobody knows what they're looking for. <laughs> nobody yeah. does, right? Nobody does, no. right? And then yeah. when you ask a propose a question like that, what people end up giving you is the 10-year picture or the 20-year picture. Oh, I'm looking right. for marriage and kids. I think a lot of people say that, mm-hmm. but are they really looking for that or do they think that is just the end result of countless relationships that they're going to be in? So I like to ask the question, what are you open to right now? And I mm-hmm. learned this from my current relationship where when we first like met, that. he was recently divorced and I I kind of just knew that he wasn't going to jump into another relationship even though he didn't explicitly say that. But I asked him, what are you open to? And he said, I'm open to love again. 
And I think that to me was, wasn't so much, oh, we're going to get married and have kids like next year, but it was more that his heart was open for that. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately when we date, we're just looking for other people who are open to love, who are open to a healthy, committed relationship. They may not want that right away or are actually looking for that. But if their heart is open to it, you're on the right path. Yeah. <laughs> we both took a breath, Julie. I know. I love it. Yeah, I think that's so dead on because yeah. it's like, it's a really good point too that like people don't know what they want or they're thinking like in these, you know, what society tells you you're supposed to want or what they think. If someone asks you on your first date, like they might just tell you what they think that you want to hear. And we mm-hmm. actually have this really interesting conversation. We have a very lively Facebook group called Love in the Time of Corona. So for anyone that's dating, it's definitely a must have to get in there. I'll give a little plug for that. But But we also have our premium sounding board group, which is kind of like the level up from that. We do like happy hours and like people really are like legit friends from this now. And one of the women in the group was talking about like this kind of this came up and she's like, oh, I like to ask like on a dating app, like before I even do a phone call before I do a first date, anything that's like, what did you learn from your last relationship? Or like, what? no, actually, it was it was deeper than that. It was why? Like, what did you do to end your last relationship like Mm. kind of like wanted to see like what they would say about taking some of the blame on themselves and like seeing if they were like oh no my ex sucked you know like those conversations but then one of the guys in the group he was like if someone said that to me like within like 10 minutes of talking I sure as hell wouldn't give them like an actual answer because I don't know them and then I would just feel like they were like interrogating me and I would probably like back out so it, it kind of was counter and she was like literally light bulbs went off in her head when she heard this. She's like, yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to ask that again. That's why I love like your community because, and it's like what we're doing here. We have men and women on here and it's like kind of like having that conversation with each other. And I do believe there are gender differences in the Mm -hmm. way that we like think. When I um, co-hosted the Great Love Debate, who I think you guys know too. Yeah, with Brian. With with Brian Howie. And I used to um, co-host the live shows as well. And, you know, so I flew all over the United States and I, I hear these stories over and over again. And what's so funny, one time I asked the audience, I'm like, how many women go in on the first date and think about if this person that they're meeting could be their future husband or mm-hmm. boyfriend. And almost every woman raised yeah, their hand. For sure. Right? Like we think in stories. We think in Cinderella and fairy tales and is this my man? Right? You know? And then I asked the same question to the guys. Guess what? None of the guys no. raised their hand. <laughs> no. can, can I tell you right? actually something that might, like, hopefully this won't discourage people, but we had our most controversial guest ever. Like oh. it was a guy that basically he's married Married now, but he was replaying all of his single like escapades when he did not want a relationship and he basically just wanted to hook up. And he was telling us that he knew that women really liked to hear, like, you know, that someone was looking for marriage and they were looking for children and all the stuff. And he would actually proactively ask women what they were looking for. So he looked like he was like the oh. ultimate relationship guy. So I do think after hearing that, again, I don't want to discourage people, there probably are a lot of people out there that like really do say that and mean it as men. But like, just because someone says it, it kind of goes back to it. Like, let's see their actions. Like, it doesn't matter in a way what they say. You know, all of this that we're talking about, I think these questions are rooted in fear, if you think about it. Mm. Like, I think everybody is trying to prevent something from happening. Mm -hmm. So they're asking these questions 
to try to prevent something, you know, mm. you know, that maybe happened to them in the past or whatever that is. And the reality is, is you can't prevent something from happening just by asking a big question. No. Right. And I think that's where my list lady comes in that I was talking about before is like, she <laughs> keeps asking all these questions to make sure that this isn't going to happen again. But <laughs> right. by the fact that you're asking it, you're actually making it happen again. Like that's the thing. Right. It's like another kind of paradox. And so I, I think maybe the conclusion is with what everything that we're saying is that the more present you are, the more you focus on connection and really establishing like something with somebody and letting it progress in a way that's healthy, that you get to see evidence of all these things that you're worried about. And that's all you can do, you know, along the way, Mm -hmm. because people show up and they show up differently sometimes. And you don't Mm -hmm. really know the real person, like that guy that you just talked about. But see, and that's the thing, like that guy might have his shtick, as I say, you know, and, and he could go and now he knows what to say with a woman, but then he might meet a woman that he really is interested in. He did. He got married, you know? (laughs) (laughs) One of my good friends. (laughs) I think the only, the only like small caveat I will make though on this is like when people are telling you at face value what they want and it's not in line with you. Like if someone's like, I don't want a relationship or I just want to like friends with benefits relationship. I think sometimes as women, we try to be like, no, we can change them. And I think, yeah. And I think that is a mistake. And I think that like, yes, it's like hard because it's like if someone tells you you want a relationship, you can't believe them but if they tell you they don't want a relationship maybe you should believe them <laughs> like it's very confusing but <laughs> you know like I think if like if sometimes if you really did hear what people were saying or you saw the actions like if they said they were looking for a relationship but they're never the one initiating plans ever like ever right. then I think mm-hmm. you need to like also be like okay is this what I want they are kind of whether it's verbal or nonverbal, they are telling you what they want essentially yeah. Yeah. Nobody forces you to be in a relationship, right? So whatever situation you find yourself in, you got yourself there. Nobody tricked you to get there. And I think that's part of what we need to take away from modern dating is that we got to stop playing the victim. Mm. And when we play the victim, we act out of fear. Like what you were saying, Kimmy, is I I was a victim in my previous relationship where this person broke my heart. So mm-hmm. for this next relationship, I got to be like... I've got my defenses up and I got to ask all the right questions. But with dating and love, every situation is so different. So when we play victim mentality, we never actually address the core issues that are in ourselves. So I think to what you're saying, Kimmy, and I wish we could replay that is we can't prevent anything from happening. I used to be so scared of marriage and I would tell my mom, 50% of marriages end in divorce. Why should I even get, get married? And she's like, you get into bed every day and you still have to make it. Right. So why get into why make your bed if you're going to get into bed again? It's it's the same kind of thing. Like you can't there are just things Mm -hmm. that you need to do that things that you that happen and things that you cannot prevent. But you can't do or not do something because of a potential outcome. We did have a um, question from somebody. This is from Rachel. Sorry, Rachel, I know you've had this a a while. But what about if 
after a couple of months of dating a guy, says that he has no idea what he wants. Mm. Let's just see where things go. Oh, God. Yeah. And feel like this is a guy (laughs) with commitment issues or who isn't interested. Oh, Rachel. Okay. What do you ladies think? You go first. Oh, my God. I heard sighs from the I know. I think we both, like, let that relief out. I think these are the examples we're talking about, right? Of, like, you know, you it's it's a tough balance. Like, you don't want to throw out all the cards on date one. You want to, like, develop something organically. But you also don't want to be in a relationship that's, like, a dead-end relationship forever. I think, truthfully, we all know if a relationship is progressing or not, even if it's unsaid. If you feel like you are the one constantly making all the plans, you feel like this person doesn't really want to see you or, like, when they are with you, it's lukewarm. Like, again, it's hard to dissect every last relationship. But I think deep down we know. And like the fact that like even in this comment, there was a mention of commitment issues, like there could be signs coming out. Personally, what I would do in that situation is have a conversation with this person. Like, I think it depends like what, how long this has been. But if it's been like three months plus, and again, time is tough because it depends. Like, are you seeing each other once every three months? That could be your answer right there. Are you seeing each other like consistently, you know, every week, a couple times a week? Like, I think all that does factor in, like if they are giving you the actions but they're saying that I think I would say why like why can't like what what is kind of the reasons like I love like um, what UA said earlier like what are you open to right now like that would get a feel of what they're looking for too but I think like we also need to look at the nonverbal cues of like the stuff I mentioned like we're really like what is this relationship like I think a lot of times we want to fantasize that this is a relationship but if you're realistically seeing someone so infrequently it may not really be be that anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a listener going through the exact same scenario and she just kept trying to save this relationship, trying to squeeze a little ounce out of it every time, even though he kept saying, that's not what I'm looking for. Or I'm not, re- I'm not really sure what I'm looking for, or I'm not sure what I'm looking for with you. And end of the day, the question should be, how does this person make you feel? Obviously, mm-hmm. Rachel, this person is not making you feel secure, not making you feel confident or safe. These are already valid that I think show negative red flags of the relationship. Even though if he came back tomorrow and said, I'm ready, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a relationship, he still makes you feel this uneasiness. So I think it's good, like to Julie's point, to communicate this with him, even though he's He's like, let's just see where this goes. That doesn't, it sounds like it doesn't align with what you're looking for. So it's your turn to communicate with him what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And it can even be soft. Like, I really enjoy hanging out with you, but I'm looking for someone that, you know, like is kind of all in with me or, you know, someone I don't feel anxious around. Like, I think so many times we're afraid to say that type of stuff. But ultimately, like we had a really wise guest, Connor Beaton on our show that said, like, Mm -hmm. don't be so scared to like, or don't be so afraid to scare away the wrong bull. And I think ultimately, oh, like we yes. were talking about earlier, like the biggest mistake we make is um, there was this really great quote that was like, you're not you don't want too much. You're just asking the wrong people for what you want. And oh, I think we need to recognize so that. So true. Yeah. And I, I love what you both said. And I was thinking along the same lines as this really, Rachel, it's it, it's kind of up to you. What I'm not clear about, I mean, we're assuming that, I guess we're assuming that Rachel wants more, but I'm, that's my first question. Like, mm-hmm. what do you want? 
Yeah. And if you're not clear, Rachel, what you want, right? Like that, that's all that should matter. And then everything else will fall into place. And then you get to ask for what you, what it is that you want. And it really is that simple. And I, I know like it, it, it can be more complex when you're in it, obviously, but it's also looking at just both the responsibilities of each party, right? Like Rachel, what are you doing to keep this kind of at that, mm-hmm. you know, distant length, you know, are you allowing certain behaviors and for him to do what I call intermittent reinforcement to give mm-hmm. you just enough yep. to keep you going on the trail with the crumbs? For sure. Right? Breadcrumbing. Breadcrumbing. Classic breadcrumbing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, these are questions to just kind of ask yourself. And if that's okay with you, great. Then keep collecting crumbs. Like, that's fine. And I'm not, like, saying that facetiously. I'm like, because some people may not mm-hmm. be ready for right. more. And Rachel, like, that's where you have to really dig deep into, well, wait a second, what is it that I want? But if you are wanting more and you are wanting something that's more connected and heading towards a relationship with this guy, it's exactly what you ladies just said. Like, but you get to call the shots and how you do it is you do set boundaries. Awesome. Awesome. Ah, ladies, I love this. Well, I have some products that I was going to also share with um, the dating trends and stuff, but I will leave this up to you. You, I mean, you can stay on here if you want to see them, but if not, I know it's been a long night you can also leave like oh it's totally up to you what do you ladies want to do i'm gonna go eat dinner okay i feel like we could talk to you for hours kimmy you know I i'm so like oh, well one thank day. you so much Kimmy. this was so much fun you're always so much fun to hang out with and i think that's what's so lovely about you in general is that you have this really serious like you know you're a therapy background but then you bring the light and the playful mm-hmm to everything we talk about with dating. So thank you for having us on your show. Yes. Thank Thank you you. so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much for having me. And, you know, I just want to plug your community because I had the pleasure to go on. And remember Mm -hmm. we did that fun thing with the profile. They loved you. And it was so fun. And that, so definitely check their Facebook group out Mm -hmm. and just let everyone know yet, you know, where to find your podcast and the Facebook group Mm -hmm. before you head out. Sure. I mean, our podcast is on pretty much every podcast platform. Platform. Um, Apple Podcasts is like, you know, the go to Spotify, pretty much you name it. But you can also go to our website, datablepodcast.com. A good episode to start with could be Hacks to Looking Your Best with Kimmy Seltzer. Oh, <laughs> just saying. Just it was like that one. I love it. It was it was a very big crowd favorite, anyways. Really? But obviously, oh. yeah, oh, everyone loved that one. So definitely mm-hmm. check that out. I think, especially in the world of virtual dating, yeah, you only get need to get dressed from the waist up. But you might as well look good still, right? So Kimmy is really good at, yet yeah, you know, those hacks. <laughs> oh, my God. And and that's what I was going to tell everybody about as you guys head out, because that is also kind of trending. It's like the the loungewear is actually yeah. in, uh-huh. and it's super oh. cute and also could be sexy For sure. if you're worn For the sure. right way. So, yeah. uh, ladies, well, definitely we have to do this again. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll do it in person one day. Wouldn't that be great? I hope like, so. Uh, hope yeah. so. Yeah. I hope so, too. Awesome. Um, and everybody on the chat is thanking you. And Aww. so, yeah, everyone's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. You were yeah. awesome. And thanks for sharing your wisdom. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable. And trust us, we look at all of those posts. 
Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. 